everyone, and welcome to this podcast interview recorded at OSCERT's 2010 conference. All of our coverage of the OSCERT 2010 conference is sponsored by Microsoft, so thank you to Microsoft and particularly the Forefront team. And in this interview, you'll hear me having a quick chat to Ben Mose, or Mossy. I'm not quite sure how that's pronounced, but he's French, so in order to pronounce it absolutely correctly, I'd probably need surgery to my tongue or sinuses or something. But anyway, uh, Ben did a talk about vulnerability mitigation in Windows, and cutting a long story short, he reckons this stuff works, and OS vendors are getting a lot better at implementing this stuff. Uh, so here's what he had to say after his presentation on the same topic. You know, many people are raging about how Microsoft are really bad with security, etc., etc. Um, I, pre- I think that since Windows Vista, they've been really doing a good job, and it's going forward, and we see a lot of improvements. Mm. I mean, you still do get guys like uh, like Ben Hawks coming out and you know figuring out how to smash the Vista stack. I mean, is that uh, do those sort of bypasses make these mitigations uh, meaningless or, or is it the case that techniques like Ben's are just useful in certain circumstances? The way things work, you will always have vulnerabilities and you will always have exploitable vulnerabilities. That means you will always find a bug that is put in a certain context that allows exploitation. However, the majority or we expect the majority of bugs you would find would not be exploitable because of those mitigations. But there will always be some bypass and trickery around it. And the more we move forward and the more (coughs) there'll be protections, we can expect maybe one day it will become extremely harder to actually exploit anything related to memory corruption. So by now we're quite used to DEP and ASLR because they're, they're the, uh, you know, the two big ones that everyone sort of knows about, even journalists like me know about them. Um, but what are some of the other memory protection mechanisms that we can expect to see? What, what are some other mitigations that haven't been employed by major operating systems yet that you think we may see in the future? All right. I'm not going to talk about every operating system, but just talking about the Windows one. I think... For the past year, we've seen a lot of research being done around an attack pattern called return-oriented programming. So we can probably expect at some point Microsoft will release uh, mitigation against that. And it's actually going to be pretty interesting to see how they mitigate against that technique. We've also seen something really cool being done at Black Hat last time was um, injecting your shellcode into executable pages. So this is a way to bypass DEP using, I think they used Flash to do it. And uh, so we'll see what will be the answer to that too. It strikes me that it used to be, you know, the approach of the operating system vendors used to be really quite reactive. So they would just patch bugs as they came in, patch, patch, patch. And yeah, you're right, a few years ago, Vista came along and they they started being more proactive. Uh, Do you think it's true that these days they're spending a lot more time strategically thinking about how to eliminate entire bug classes or mitigate entire bug classes? Is that the challenge now instead of just trying to have a good patching process? I think you need both. I think, however, the patching process is a reactive solution, so it's a losing game. People will always find bugs and always write exploit for them. However, I see mitigations as something that's more um, dynamic. You're looking forward to the future and you're trying to implement things that will block any kind of attack for the future. However, having said that, um, I heard the talk earlier at OSIRT. Someone said it took about 80 years to get cryptography right. And we can expect it's going to take a lot of time before we probably get memory corruption mitigations right too. And that's to be expected. 
Yeah, but I suppose gone are the days when some 14-year-old who'd read a paper on buffer overflows can all of a sudden, you know, take control of Windows. I mean, that really was how bad things were even five or six years ago. I mean, do you, do you agree with that? Completely. And I think uh, now you can't exploit a simple buffer overflows in Windows 7 if the binary has been compiled with all the protection, obviously. So during your talk, you discussed a thing called, uh, you know, you, you introduced the concept of context for each bug. Uh, can, you, can you explain that for the, for the listeners, what you mean by the context for each bug? The way I see it is um, nowadays when you find a vulnerability in a program that's been compiled with every mitigations, you're not just finding a normal buffer overflow and you're not going to be able to exploit it with your usual straightforward technique, you're not even using an automated tool to do it. You have to look at the context around it. So is there ISLR present? Is there depth present? And also, are they applicable to that particular vulnerability? So maybe sometimes you'll be able to brute force an address, in, this, in which case you can bypass ISLR. So you really need to look at every bug from a contextual point of view rather than just a classical point of view, if that makes sense. I remember seeing a graph many years ago that showed the propagation of some of these protections like DEP and ASLR from operating systems like OpenBSD into, you know, into Windows via here, via there. You know, it winds up in this distro and then there. So there seems to be this sort of path of evolution before stuff winds up in Windows. Have you, have you looked at that? Uh, do you know the graphic that I'm referring to? I think I know the graphic you're talking about. Um, I'm not an expert in the history of how it all started, but I think... Uh, I wouldn't be that wrong if I'm saying that a lot of the mitigations we see in the Windows operating system are inspired by other operating systems such as OpenBSD with PACs. Now, when we look at OpenBSD now, are there any protections in operating systems like OpenBSD now that don't exist in Windows? Um, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, I think there are a few of them. Uh, I can't remember the name, though. And uh, But uh, when I looked at it, I thought... Yeah, it, they were pretty smart ideas, and it's something probably we can expect to see also coming up in Windows. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben Most, thank you very much for taking some time out to talk about your talk. Thank you very much. 